0: Welcome to the Horizon Search podcast where we dive deep into the minds of extraordinary professionals uncovering the stories, inspiration, and wisdom that have shaped their careers. I'm your host, David Lovejoy, and I'm thrilled to embark on this journey with you. Today's guest is Stephanie Knight, an expert in edtech strategy, managing partner at Vitalize Ventures, CEO of Curated.ai, and adjunct professor at Duke University. We discuss her transition from McKinsey to entrepreneurship and how she's breaking traditional consulting norms by providing clients a more cost-effective yet highly efficient service by incorporating client organization members in the process. Further, she introduces us to Curated.ai, an edtech startup set to revolutionize corporate communication through critical thinking and strategic story framing skills. I'll now let Stephanie introduce herself in her own words.
1: I am a consultant and educator. That's the most concise framing of it. But really the core of of who I am is management strategy consultant and a generalist at heart. And over time, I've gotten the opportunity to not only deepen and broaden my expertise through being a practitioner, but also now over the last eight years, be a teacher and educator of this skill set and this way of thinking and how to move through a consulting engagement with others as well.
0: There's an adage in many places, like you can take the person out of X, but you can't take X out of the person. Is that true with McKinsey?
1: We could say that. We could also broaden it out to say critical thinker, strategic thinker. And I think that somebody who is a critical thinker, a strategic thinker, a good communicator, and has a lot of intellectual curiosity, I think that's the basic profile that the top firms are looking for. Add into that a little bit of humility and being a hard worker. And that's the pro- they would love to stack their ranks with profiles of, that match that description. And therefore, at McKinsey, I found some real community around other just really sharp, like-minded individuals yet people that come from really different backgrounds and have different perspectives and views on things that I do. To some degree, I miss that. I went to a 30th anniversary dinner for the McKinsey Minneapolis office last month, and it was just a really great time to reconnect with many colleagues who I haven't seen or talked with in some years now. And it really reminded me of that camaraderie that existed during my time at McKinsey. And a lot of that was to do with my respect for the people around me.
0: In my studies in the MBA and in the strategy sprint I did with you with consulting, it seems that there's a lot of overlap between entrepreneurship and management consulting. What led you to leave the management consulting firm and go your own way?
1: For me, after several years at the firm, I was looking at the path to partner and had the opportunity to even go to a conference specifically for females within McKinsey to really think about what does that to partner look like? Are you ready for this next couple of years and everything that it's going to entail? And how do you set yourself up for success? What kind of support do you need? And it really was a great opportunity for me to reflect and sit back and say, at this time in my life, is this the way that I am ready and want to invest the next two years? And the answer was no. In terms of my my broader life and family and whatnot, it was not, it was not the right time for me to do that. And so I did think briefly about maybe staying at McKinsey, but not in as demanding of a role, moving out of client facing role and moving to an internal role, but ultimately made a family decision to move across the country. And that led me to then the first next decision is, do you go corporate or do you do your own thing? And I was quite determined on wanting to try to pave my own path and not getting not just figuring out where on a where on a corporate ladder that I could fit and how how close to the top could I get using the McKinsey Springboard, but instead wanting to go and chart my own path. So it's been it's been really interesting over the past eight years to have a couple of different twists and turns, but really at the core of it, stay firmly rooted in that consulting toolkit, critical thinking and broader intellectual curiosity. I
0: see. With vitalized ventures. What are some of the advantages you have that someone wouldn't have in McKinsey?
1: Mm. So, Vitalize Ventures is my consultancy that I've started eight years ago and now have other partners and colleagues alongside me. And for a long time, David, for several years, I thought, I just want to do one-on-one consulting by, my own, by myself. I don't have the capital and I don't, I don't want to run a business with the consistency necessary to be able to support others' livelihoods. But if I just do consulting on a one-on-one basis, I can be... And so in general, as apart from work at the firm, working for myself, working working on my own allows me to have more discretion about the work that I choose to do, the clients that I decide to work with, the timing of those projects... And if I say, I don't have capacity for that right now, or I don't think that that work lines up with my core skill set and expertise, that's just the end of the story. You can't do that at McKinsey or Bain or BCG, right? You're staffed on a project, or you need to be staffed on a project. If your utilization isn't high enough, you've just got to go take the work that exists. And When you work for yourself, you inevitably have that flexibility to be able to have more discretion. Yet over time, I found that only working by myself really limited the type of work that I could do with my clients because I didn't have a broader team around me to be able to do all of the analysis and various other tasks associated with delivering on a a full team strategy engagement. So after a lot of brainstorming and some trial and error, have moved Vitalize Ventures to a model where it's not just me consulting with individuals and clients anymore, but instead it's a new delivery model for McKinsey level consulting for a client who's looking at achieving some type of strategic outcome or operational excellence objective. And our model of Vitalize Ventures is, I was finding some of the parallels as you were discussing the organizations you're involved with now and how you came to be with this podcast, you talked about that element of apprenticeship, right? Yeah. That element of being able to have a spot and have people really come and work alongside you and the value that is created from that type of setup and work environment. Why doesn't consulting work that way? Why couldn't consulting work that way? Now, the difference between McKinsey and Vitalize Ventures at its core is then this delivery model. McKinsey and other top firms bring in a team of external consultants into a client organization and they... From start to finish, execute on the work. By all means, they're going to need to interact with and engage with client individuals to get the work done, to be able to source the data, uh, hold interviews, find the insights. But they also have to do all that extra work associated with just learning about the company and the industry and the current priorities of management and leadership and try to get specific, we'll call it broadly security clearances to be able to get access to certain people or certain data sets and et cetera. There's a lot of time wasted there. There's a lot of inefficiency there. And that is overcome by the dedication and the long hours put in by these top-notch, top-tier consultants. But what if, David, what if we came in as consultants to a client organization and we brought the expertise of consulting and strategic thinking and critical thinking and framing and positioning and structuring your story and communication and that the working team of who is on that consulting engagement were individuals from the client organization themselves. And that provides a multitude of benefits, which we're getting to experiment with now. And really I have experimented with, and now we have been able to come see this provide really great outcomes at Vitalize Ventures. For a client organization to not pay McKinsey rates, but pay only a quarter of those fees and Choose the individuals from within their organization that they want to staff on that team, identifying next generation future leaders of the company who they want to be apprenticed by McKinsey leaders, ex McKinsey leaders, then establishing the set engagement, performing the scope of work with Vitalized Ventures leaders, and then moving through a two to eight week engagement where those client organization members have been seconded from their traditional day to day roles for two to eight weeks to move through a hands on process, move through the the McKinsey-style consulting engagement, come to McKinsey quality output. That leaves the client's organization in a better place on multiple levels. We've now apprenticed, upskilled, and trained part of your core workforce to be able to continue moving through their work and communicating at this top level. We've been able to deliver on a core strategic or operations excellence engagement And arguably, we're going to have better execution on the outcomes and the recommendations that the consulting engagement came out with because those key owners and change agents are in your organization. They came from your organization. They're staying in your organization. They know how the conclusions were derived and what the recommendations are, and they can be individuals cross-functionally, you know, across the organization to make sure that these things really are operationally executed on and driven through to the fullest potential. And that provides really interesting set of differences between what the McKinsey Bains, and BCGs of the world are doing, because then I can come in and say, I'm uniquely positioned as a consultant and educator to be this apprentice and shepherd, or you know, to apprentice, to apprentice and shepherd your people through this engagement, which overall is going to leave your organization in a better spot, leave your people more equipped. And lead to to better, stronger outcomes than if you go with the top price tag folks. And I don't think, David, there's anybody out there in the market doing anything exactly like this. So really excited for the results that we've seen so far and the opportunity to work with a lot of different partners to come.
0: Sounds like you're teaching people to fish rather than giving them fish. Also seems like McKinsey is in the business of making competitors for itself. As I understand the history, Bain was an offshoot of McKinsey Consultants. I'm not sure about BCG, but yourself and many other ex-McKinsey Consultants have an idea that they exploit largely from leveled up skills that they honed in a place like McKinsey. It doesn't seem like they're bothered by it. Well, what do you think the advantage of that is?
1: In our day and age here in the 21st century, brand is more important than it ever has been before right? There's a lot of different ways that we could look at that and statistics that we could pull out to support that. But the impact of brand is paramount. And right now, despite its falterings, despite the negative news in the press and the bad actors that have come through the ranks, McKinsey still retains that prestige brand within strategy consulting. The firm is larger than it's ever been before. It has continued to grow and expand. It has grown its wings as they've not only grown organically, but then also acquired other businesses. And it's still a pyramidal structure as it's always been. It's still a revolving door to some degree as it's always been. And as you mentioned before, these top firms do produce a lot of future leaders because they're people that are talented with great skills and now great experience who also have a lot of drive and ambition. So it doesn't surprise me that folks coming out of McKinsey, Bain, or BCG are going to go on to do interesting things, some of whom are looking for those corporate successes, and some of whom are only looking for work that's going to keep them intellectually curious and mentally stimulated or anything in between, right? So it's a great opportunity. Over these past years, I have tried to join a couple of other groups, especially as I moved to North Carolina and established myself in a different part of the country to try to connect with other alumni. Again, for that camaraderie around a similar a similar type of mindset and experience, and I'm always interested to hear what others are doing, whether or not they're trying to achieve a corporate success or not. I find that my ex-McKinsey colleagues are are always doing something that I find fascinating.
0: I'm sure. What words of caution would you have to someone saying, I don't need to hire a consultant. I can just ask ChatGPT, what would a McKinsey consultant do with this situation?
1: Mm. Well, I think one of the underpinnings of your question is that ChatGPT and other generative AI tools like it are going to democratize a lot about information in our world. Access to information, answers, data abilities to summarize things at a click, these are really powerful tools that are going to cause in our world and have already been, we, we already see the, the beginnings of it now, just a wealth of knowledge and information. And for some, that's all they perhaps really needed to be able to, to then move forward with But David, for many in this new age and new world of just a wealth, a wealth of data and knowledge and charts and statistics and summaries and access to all the information, it actually for many provides that by itself is not going to get things done. That by itself is not going to drive action. It's not going to drive decision and it's not going to actually lead to insights and recommendations. You're going to be able to have Microsoft co who's going to be able to identify. This is coming like right now and around the corner, right? identify a data themes out of your charts, try to predict for you how you want to visualize a certain piece of information or data. PowerPoint has a litany and it's only getting larger of different templates and design recommendations. It's that old Microsoft paperclip on steroids, like actually now being able to recommend to you. This is the way in which you might be able to, to share this information. But it stops short of helping people actually tell a compelling top-down curated story that is driven from and backed by a clear recommendation, ask, or insight. And living in this new era and world of a wealth of information and knowledge and data doesn't actually help you figure out how to use those things to make more decisions in your company, to make those decisions faster, and then to have those decisions actually lead to action. Those key elements are often what are embedded in, in what people call the consulting toolkit to be able to say, I know how to take individual pieces of data and information and insights, qualitative or quantitative, and I know how to structure and position and frame those in a way to be able to communicate a clear point across and to be able to get decisions made and have those decisions lead to action. A lot of people would would call that the Barbara Minto Pyramid Principle. And Pyramid Principle has been credited with a lot of McKinsey's success, to be frank. And I think that that's fair. They're an advisory firm because they are able to share that discreet concrete top-down perspective, but it's not only consulting firms that have to do that. Anyone working in any type of an environment where they communicate consistently through PowerPoint, email, memos, or reports is still going to be challenged with this human element that's left. Outside of chat GPT and AI, there is a human element of creativity and judgment that is left to be able to understand what is the broader context? What's the data and information available to me? How do I frame, position, and structure this business story to be able to reach a specific conclusion, recommendation, or insight? And that, David, is what my second company curated is all about, is to be able to help teach those skills, top-down communication, SEQA, a compelling evidence base told in a story of a limited number of chapters. These are the things that Curated is going to be taking those corporate professionals that communicate through PowerPoint, email, memos, and reports Take them through that learning journey. So, as an ed tech company, Curated has a set of web based tools that are going to be launching in August to be able to help users learn these critical thinking skills and the strategy around story framing and positioning. And then later on this fall, we'll have a second offering that comes out around storylining which then in combination, really for the first time ever, I believe teaches that consulting, a part of that consulting toolkit in a progressive learning journey for the user in a hands-on way. And so, yeah, this is where I live and this is where my mind's at. And these are the two big things I have going on. And I find that they're I believe there's a lot of possibility and and value opportunity here, given what we've talked about so far, given the the advent and the the boom of AI, given the, the competitive nature of kind of McKinsey and top-tier consulting, given the fact that companies still have challenges to be solved, how should they go about doing that moving forward? So these two things are, are what I'm pursuing in the world to be able to help others with those objectives. Okay. There is a line I've heard
0: in webinars or interviews with people in the AI space responding to fears that AI is going to replace the workforce and you're going to lose your job to AI. And usually the answer goes something like this, because AI is not going to take your consulting job. A consultant using AI is going to take your consultant job. And I was curious, is that true for you? And if so, how is AI helping you be faster, better, stronger than you would be otherwise?
1: Unfortunately, there's parts of that adage that absolutely are correct. There is huge swaths of the workforce at risk for losing their job with the advent of AI. And it is a large conversation that I believe is being had, but needs to continue to be looked at and scrutinized very closely for how we support individuals whose livelihoods are going to go away because of the capabilities that a company can easily leverage through a variety of AI based tools. In consulting, I can tell you the conversation is going on now of what is the future consulting, what is the future of consulting, especially at the junior level, because it has worked as a business model and delivery model for decades to be able to apprentice and train up junior consultants through the ranks on the job. And scores of clients over the years have gotten frustrated at this reality, calling them, quote, the kids in the team room. Because they know that these hardworking, bright individuals don't really know all that much about this company or this industry or even business when they're coming in and a part of this really high priced effort and team to be able to deliver on a set of project objectives. And to some degree, you've got to just, the reality is that client is paying top dollar for those early career consultants to be trained on the job. Is that right? Right is that the way it should work? My cheeky response to that would be, I'm also a professor at the Duke Fuqua School of Business. I teach at the Graduate Business School. I teach students consulting skills and I give them consulting projects in school. Should you really be paying top dollar dear client to be doing that for people to learn these young individuals to learn on the job? That may not be the most value that you can create. That may not be the most efficient use of your capital. That is really another core part of what led me to what led me to this vitalize ventures model. I don't believe it is the most efficient for someone to train young consultants. It's great when you're on the other side of the fence. It was great at McKinsey, right? But there's room for another model out there to succeed. But the McKinsey's Bain BCGs and and every other client services consulting firm out there has to think about what does our model look like moving forward? Because we will be able to do a lot of the data analytics and information gathering and presentation creation elements without all the manpower that we used to need. So, how do we do that? How do we think about that at a firm? I think that there's a lot of probably conflicting opinions and interesting discussions going on right now because if you cut off the pipeline completely, then the firm eventually will choke itself out and the culture will the culture will change and die. Probably they move to less of a pyramidal structure and instead a smaller pipeline and a higher vetting process of fewer individuals to come in at lower levels with more guaranteed success to be able to rise up through the ranks and much more teams with each firm equipping themselves effectively with their own suite of AI enabled tools to be able to really leverage all the efficiency that can be gained from the technology that exists in our world today. And every single day, David, I'm learning more and more about different tools and websites. And I'm teaching a new class this fall at Duke about this citizen developer, harnessing the power of low code, no code and AI tools. And yeah, now it's a really exciting time to be able to just be alive and be working and have an ear to the ground on this. And the more that individuals and organizations overall are learning about what is coming online each and every day in this space, the more that they'll find solutions that help them with the actual business challenges that they have and the the transactional elements of what they need to do. And more than just automation, though, really be leveraging AI in a customized way, whether it's building their own, utilizing large language models or Kind of their own getting into stable diffusion and kind of in the visual nature and all the opportunities and the possibilities are are endless. It it is a mistake for any individual organization to ignore that this exists and that the advent of it isn't transformational and instead be seeking to figure out what out there exists or what can we create in the new world that exists that's going to help us get more efficient and get faster at what we do. And still then, David, it leaves everybody at the space to say, Okay, now that we've done everything faster and we have all this data and information, now how do we get decisions made and how do we act on those decisions within our organization? And so just kind of coming full circle again back to you've got to be able to communicate in a top down way, tell a compelling story, use information to drive to insights and action have crisp recommendations and have the compelling data to back it up. And if the organizations that can do that and build those capabilities within their workforce, they're going to be able to move fast enough to outpace their competitors or the upstarts in the market. Because we're also moving into an era that is becoming more democratized than ever of solopreneurs and small companies being able to leverage technology available to be able to faster than ever and with less capital than maybe ever compete with some of the big guns. And so if you're not having that strategy element really honed in for your business as well, then you're sitting on the top of the mountain and all of a sudden you look to the left and somebody else is outpacing you. So yeah, exciting times.
0: It sounds like you're in a really good position, though, being a professor at a university, having the experience that you have on the ground in industry, and then also like having your own companies, your two companies curated and vitalized ventures. I was curious, why two companies? Why not one company that that has different services?
1: So... At the core of it, Vitalize Ventures exists as a consulting firm in the client services realm and serves a variety of different industries and functional areas, but really, really is a, a consulting firm. The elements of Curated as, a, we'll broadly say, an ed tech company, the principles around top-down pyramid principle communication, that's born from consulting, but it's very important to me this distinction between only teaching consultants versus teaching consulting skills to broader corporate America and to you know the broader global corporate citizen. So there's a variety of folks that I've gotten to work with, coach and mentor over the past few years at data science companies, healthcare companies, retail, oil and gas, finance, etc. And all of them need to They got to curate their stories better. They've got to learn the skills around distilling to the key messages of what they're trying to, to communicate. And as a business and a business model and pricing model, our first offerings are pay one price, get subscription platform to the get platform access rather. And then sometime next year, we are going to be coming out with a performance support tool that will be subscription based, but still be targeted towards the broader corporate professional and not only the consulting market.
0: Thank you for talking to me today. I should probably let you get back to running your empires. Was there anything that we didn't touch on that that you wanted to, to mention or highlight?
1: I don't think so, David. It's been really good to reconnect with you through this process. Really great to chat today. Love getting the opportunity to share with you more about the things that I'm pursuing right now. And yeah, it has been a lot of fun because I'm teaching consulting and digital transformation and citizen developer and marketing at Duke. And then to be able to take what I've learned In that experiential learning kind of academic side over these past few years and now more and more inject that into my work as a practitioner. I feel really energized by this time that we're at in the world and the boon of technology and the transformative aspect of that for every part of our society. I look forward to listening to some more of the conversations that you have with upcoming guests as they try to figure out and kind of pave their own pathway through this as well. Because now's a, now's a fantastic time for anything from that search fund aspect to, to be finding these opportunities in the market. So just great to chat with you and learn a little bit more on both sides. Thank you. Where should people find you? We're at VitalizeVentures.com, and that's Vitalize with I-S-E, the British spelling. The origin of that was Vitalize, I-S-E, focused on innovation, strategy, and execution. And then Curated.ai, it's curated with a K, K K-U-R-A-T-E-D.ai. And then you can find us on LinkedIn, the web, and major social platforms as well. Excellent. Well, thanks again,
0: Stephanie. Thanks so much, David. Thank you for listening to the Horizon Search Podcast. Next week's guest is John Baker, a self-funded searcher, entrepreneur, and innovator. Armed with his creativity and analytical skills, John has developed the Cleansy sponge, an inventive reusable bottle sponge that has secured a utility patent. Join us as he unravels his entrepreneurial journey, starting from his passion for autonomy and financial freedom to his transition to entrepreneurship through acquisition, all fueled by a compelling mix of intellect, determination, and resilience. Until then, Eyes on the Horizon.